<laughs> Hi, I'm Laurel. And I'm Akina. And this is Jane Austen Culture Night. In this week's episode, you will find horse-drawn carriages, horses for sale, and dances without horses. There will be spoilers <laughs> and maybe some cursing. This week, we're reading chapters 9 and 10 in Northanger Abbey. Just needed more horses in there. The, more, yeah, the, the, the rule of three with the horses. Yeah. yeah. Get into it. I know. So we were reading chapters 11 and 12, right? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> we're reading chapters 9 and 10. Um, and yeah, just some more like fun local bath drama for us to talk about. Oh my God. I love Catherine so much. I love how oblivious she is. I feel like I identify with her so much. (laughs) Uh, yeah. And I, it's great how, uh, the she plays off of the other characters as like this yeah. just, like straight man, and everyone else is like joking with her or like flirting with her, and she has no idea what's going on. It feels like watching The Office, but from Dwight's perspective, <laughs> where he's like has his samurai sword out and is like investigating and stuff. <laughs> doesn't realize that he's just a joke yeah but i feel like there's something about her innocence that's totally church girl to me where yeah she just like doesn't understand flirting she doesn't understand any kind of um and yeah any of all the conversations about men with her friends she's just like they're go it's going over her head yeah Yes, totally. She's been very sheltered up until this point, and yes. she takes things very literally. She doesn't really understand people's sarcasm and stuff like that. Um, yeah, we'll get we'll get into that more yeah. for sure. Um, so basically, um, in the previous chapters, she's had this disappointing night at the ball. Um, and she comes back home and is just exhausted from it and kind of collapses. Um, and then the next day she's sitting at home and John Thorpe comes running up to the door and is like, I'm here. Are you ready to go? And she's like, what are you talking about? Um, and he's like, what do you mean? What am I talking about? We said we were going to go for a drive. Like everyone's waiting for you. And Catherine's like, I didn't really, I, we, you kind of mentioned it, but we didn't actually make a plan. So I wasn't expecting you to come. And she kind of yeah. looks towards Mrs. Allen to be like, should I go? And it's kind of giving the sense that she's like, wants Mrs. Allen to say no. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like a Please, mom, say I can't like make up an excuse so I can. So I don't have go, to do this. So I don't have to go to the sleepover. Yeah. Like, do you? I feel like my parents had like a a secret. We our family had a secret word where if you used it, then like that meant like I don't want to do this thing. Ah, uh, yeah. Like my brother called me. It was peanut butter. My brother called me <laughs> up one day, and he was like ten, and he was like at this like I don't know little birthday party with his friends and he called me on the phone and he was like he kept talking about making like peanut butter sandwiches and I was uh-huh. like okay well, like why are you telling me this and he finally <laughs> was like Akina peanut butter <laughs> oh no you, like, were, oh, you were being Catherine you were being yeah, Catherine. I was like okay I'll tell mom to come get you and uh <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So it feels like she's like shooting these looks to Mrs. Allen, like, please tell yeah. me I, I can't go because it kind of sounds like John Thorpe mentioned going on a ride to his sister's at the ball last night, but didn't check to see if Catherine was like actually there when right. he like addressed the group. Uh, and, um, He's insensitive and it, it, I don't know. He's just a dumbbell like that. And so uh, 
he yeah he just shows up and and is like get ready like we're going and And she's in the in the previous chapters he also was like bragging about his carriage like oh don't you like it isn't it nice and she's just kind of being like yeah it's great i don't really know anything about carriages but it looks nice and then he's like oh yeah i'll take you out for a drive sometime she's like thank you like she's just trying to be polite and she doesn't know what else to say and so yeah so even even just that little conversation he's like oh yeah i'll pick her up tomorrow and she'll be thrilled to see me <laughs> uh, anyway yeah. mrs allen does not get the hint and she's just no. like yeah, oh, whatever have fun it'll be f-, you know you know lizzie's aunt lizzie and jane's aunt mrs garland she would have gotten the hint mrs gardner She'd be like, yes gardner she would have yes. been like um it kind of looks like rain i'm not sure Totally. She would have read Catherine's face and been there for her. But Mrs. Allen. Or even or even uh, just the way that John Thorpe like ran up the stairs and like barged in. She would have been like, oh, hold on a minute. Who are you? (laughs) Like, Where are you going with my niece? I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. But Mrs. Allen is just like, whatever. I don't care. I'm just like wanting to uh, think about what outfit i'm gonna wear tonight and she doesn't yeah she yeah, doesn't she's care in her all. own world um and then Catherine, yeah so Catherine is kind of like forced on this trip um and john talks to um her about how fast his horses go and how like how essentially like they're gonna be on a runaway horse and she's just like why would we do that? And yeah, then, so uh, she's scared. She's like, I don't want to get on yeah. this horse if it's in this carriage, if it's going to be unstable and like dangerous and scary. Um, but then nothing happens. Uh, yeah, the horse is completely fine. It seems like she and John Thorpe are in like a little carriage and then behind them is her brother and his sister. So yeah. Isabella and James. Yeah, it's these small, small carriages that um, like open carriages that only hold two people each. So she's like forced on this double date, basically. (laughs) So uncomfortable. It's so awful. Um, and it's great and it's really i love the descriptions as this is happening of her like slowly getting more and more annoyed and being like you know i don't think this guy i don't think i like this guy like (laughs) i know it's like even she is like starting to listen to herself and i'm really proud of her um it's because the smallest inkling of her listening to her intuition, yeah. Yeah, because she's like, okay, I love my brother. My brother, Her brother seems pretty great. Yeah. So far. Like, he's sweet and and, and kind to her, and, mm-hmm. um, uh, and he seems like more of a gentle soul. Yeah. But she's like, this guy is friends with my brother, and I adore my brother, and he says, like, my brother says that he's a good person. His friend is a good person. Yeah. Um, I also adore my new friend and this is her brother. And like, so, and she says he's great. And so everyone's saying he's great. And so I thought he was really great, but I'm like really tired of spending time with him. Yes. (laughs) And I'm Uh, just really proud of her for coming to that realization. Right. She's like, I I don't, I don't like this guy. I don't think he's that great. Yeah, um, it's like uh I feel like m- most people I feel like would think that within like two seconds of me. Yeah, him. I feel like uh we clocked this a long time ago, Catherine. Yeah, but finally. Finally. Yeah. Oh, um, also then he's just like he like grills her about like if she's gonna inherit money from the Allens oh, when they yes. die. Like he's just like I don't know. And she doesn't she doesn't pick up she doesn't pick up no. on that either. She's like, why are you asking me these weird questions? She doesn't. Yeah. Um, and we have to go back to where he talks about how much wine they drink at Oxford. Yes. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Catherine is shocked because she's like, I'm sure my brother doesn't drink. And he he's like, uh, yeah, he does. But yeah. And he says he he goes they go on about how like, oh, no, 
uh, Catherine says something about how much people drink at Oxford. Like, I know that there's lots of drinking f- there. It has that reputation. And he's like, what? The- nobody drinks at Oxford. There's hardly any drinking. They- people only drink like a bottle a day, five pints a day. And you're like, four, four, pint, four, four pints. <laughs> four pints is the baseline. Yeah, four pints. He's like, what I haven't seen you're not drinking at all that day. Yes. Yeah. He says, he says, I've never seen anybody drink more than four pints. Nobody's drinking. And then Catherine's like, uh, that sounds like you're drinking a lot, actually. <laughs> a lot more than I even thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it uh it's um it's pretty funny. He's just like totally obnoxious. And uh, she finally gets home uh, and it was too late for her to go to the pump room where she was really hoping to see Mr. Tilney. Yeah. Right. Because she gets home at three o'clock. Yeah. And it's too late to invite um, Isabella and everybody up as well to the to her room or whatever yeah the house. and so. she meets mrs allen in 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 their house and is like and mrs allen's like oh yeah we ran into mr tilney and his sister at the pump room and yes and she's just like, like brokenhearted <laughs> yeah and so she tries to get information from her like oh um what happened what's he like and she said oh i found out so much about some about his family and Catherine's like trying to get information from her. Um, but she doesn't really know that much. Um, but she's, yeah, she's devastated that she missed Mr. Tilly oh, and his sister. I'm so de- devastated for her. <laughs> um, but the next day she's able to go to the cotillion. Woo-hoo. Oh, I think, that night they go. That's, oh, is it oh, that no. night or is that it the night, next night? They go to the. It says they go to the theater that night. Um, oh my god! But all these parties they go to, it's really hard to keep. It, them it is hard to keep track. Well, either that night or the next day, they're they go to the pump room again. Um, and then there's a yes, there's the cotillion, which is yeah another dance. Um, yes and here she actually does get to see mr tilney and um he does ask her to dance and she's just over the moon excited and this is where we get some really amazing like flirting um and Catherine being oblivious um but also just like so oblivious so excited to be talking to him um also trying to avoid avoid John Thorpe at the same time uh, yeah well she also I, I think it's that morning or the morning before she runs into Miss Tilney so Mr. Yes. Tilney's sister at the pump room yes. and she thinks she, Catherine thinks she's being very discreet and she asks <laughs> oh, questions yeah. about about uh, Mr. Tilney and M- Catherine just thinks that she got off of this conversation so artfully and uh, <laughs> it becomes very apparent to Miss Tilney that Catherine has a crush on her brother. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> she's It doesn't seem like she like minds it. Like she's no like No, uh, she kind of like Miss Miss Bingley or anything. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, she kind of fine. like thinks it's cute. She kind of like smiles and is like, okay, I yeah. see what's happening here. <laughs> um so but when and then when at the Ball and Mr. Tilney asks Catherine to dance and then they go up to stand together at the dance. John Thorpe becomes like bounding up and is like, Catherine, like you promised me you would dance with me, which is I feel like a pretty um, a pretty big accusation to make of a woman that she would promise like multiple men to dance with them at the same dance. Like that's not done at all. And Catherine's like, you didn't ask me and he's like he's it's just obvious he just like thinks she should do whatever he wants to do without him actually using his words like he thinks she's gonna go on a 
on a ride with them and she she should just be waiting around for whenever he's ready and um well like he says he says oh i asked you on monday and it's like okay that doesn't mean that you get to dance you get a free pass for the whole week like you'd have to ask me again like how yeah like you're entitled to all of the dances (laughs) it's not even clear that he did actually ever ask her on that monday it feels like he thinks she's like a poly pocket and he's just like oh you don't exist until i like tell you to stand next to me yeah like how dare you have like i don't know uh a, a mind of your own and your own agency. Right. Or that this is just like, if he knows that he's lying and he's just like, this is how he gets what he wants. He's like, well, I asked you on Monday. What are you talking about? Let's go. Like, he just expects her to be like, yes. oh, okay. I guess I must have said yes. All right. I get, you know, he's just gaslighting her until she says yes. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like, Maybe someone who's um, a little bit more aware mm-hmm. might have felt, weirdly enough, more pressure to acquiesce to John Thorpe's crazy demands because they would understand like what weird blunders he was making, and it would be like stressful or something. And you, would, but mm-hmm. Catherine is just like so innocent and honest. She's just like, oh. Like, no, you didn't say that. Yeah. Like, she just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. As- she doesn't even worry about sort of like the how it looks or something. She's just like confused. Like, what? No, you didn't. Like, I would remember that. What are you talking about? Which is like the perfect way to respond to that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, it's kind of wonderful and it works for her in this situation. But like, luckily, he doesn't steamroll over them and mr tony and Catherine do get to dance yes um and uh yeah there's this cute part where um mr tony's flirting with her after he sees her talking to john thorpe and he's like oh who's that guy like should i be jealous and she was she it's it's very cute um and then um Another older gentleman, but still like very yes. good looking, comes over and starts I know. talking to you. I was like, who is this hottie? This is how you know we're like ancient now. Because <laughs> I'm know, like, right? this guy seems really hot. Past the bloom, but not. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's us. We're past the bloom, Akina. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So past the bloom. Very um, withered. Um, but still, but still looking chic. And uh, he talks to Henry Tilney, Mr. Tilney. And uh, and then he goes back to Catherine and he's like, oh, you saw me talking to this guy. That's my father. And uh, and like kind of intimating that like his dad wanted to know who he was dancing with. And, yeah. you know, again, like his dad seems like. Even though she doesn't interact with him, it seems like he's watching this all happen with like yeah. this air of benevolence and like preliminary approval. Like yeah. it's not like they're plotting in the background to break this couple up. It's like his sister and his dad see obviously that these two people are flirting or maybe yeah. have feelings for each other and they're just like, cool. All right, let's see. I'm like every other family in the history of Jane Austen. It's like so far. They're just like, okay. It's so different than all of her other novels, which start out with such like heavy conflicts and, and and stresses. This one is just so nice. Like they, they meet and they like each other and they like hang out. (laughs) It's very cute and sweet. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm uh, very happy with how this ends as well. Cause like at the end of the, Mr. Allen like wants to go home a little bit early and she's just like, cool. Like she's just like riding this high where she actually got to dance with Mr. Tony. And uh, yeah. she, it says oh, she and- danced in her chair all the way home. Yes. So cute. And they, she makes a plan <gasps> with, um, yes. Eleanor, the sister, to go for a country walk the next day. So, yes. 
Oh, and the brother will probably be there. Yes. So, so fun. Very exciting. <sighs> Whoo! All right. So that's what happens in these chapters. Um, there's, yeah, a few things to talk about. Um, my first question is, would you rather be stuck in a two-person carriage with John Thorpe or have to sit through one of Mr. Collins's servants. <laughs> That's a really tough one because Mr. Thorpe, um, then at least you're like with horses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you've got a nice view of the country. Yeah. But it seems like I wouldn't be like confident in his abilities to like, <laughs> um, with his horses, because he seems like all over the place with yeah. his horsemanship. Um, and then Mr. Collins, you'd be stuck inside. But I feel like I've sat through enough sermons where I can sit through like anything. And I yeah. just like in my head, I mean, I guess some people might call it dissociate, but like I'm okay <laughs> doing that for a couple hours. Like just, you know, like thinking yeah. of to-do lists and planning things out. So, right. and at least there would be no like requirement that you interact with him during yeah. that sermon. You're just like, you can just zone out as much as possible. Yeah. I think I might actually choose that one. I don't know. What about you? I, I think I would probably choose that one as well, but for different reasons. Uh, well, so, it's sort of the same of like, yeah, you can zone out during it. Um, but also, you have like a means of escape you know like you could always be like you you could always like fake a headache or like a faint or something or some womanly problem and then like get out of there if you really can't stand it if you're stuck in a carriage like you're stuck like you can't get out yes that's what really scares me yeah although if i was stuck in a conversation like if we if we were at the ball or something and i was stuck in a conversation with either one of them i think i'd rather be in a conversation with John Thorpe because at least it would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Whereas feel Mr. like Collins is like totally oblivious and such a drip. Yeah. I'd be like, oh God, get me out of here. I yeah, I feel like dancing with either of them would be like kind of prefer the most preferable option though, because I feel like there's periods where you're like separated from your partner and then right. you just like meet up occasionally. Yes. Um so that would be okay. Um it doesn't seem like John Thorpe is like exceptionally pervy. It feels like so far we get the impression that he at least for Catherine doesn't seem to think that like women have any sense of personhood just as yeah. like I was saying that he thinks of her as like a poly pocket yeah but it it doesn't seem that he's like overstepping any like physical boundaries which is good so um yeah so I'm like oh yeah a dance I don't think with him would be so bad but um also, I was just thinking, Mr. Collins, you would be sitting with your family. So if like if I was Lizzie sitting between like my dad and Jane, I feel like you could like kind of have yes, fun. Yes, that's Collins. true. You know, that's... just like elbowing each other and yeah. discreetly like discreetly yes. muttering things and stuff. Yeah, um, write, write down notes in your program about like what yes. we're going to laugh about later. <laughs> yeah. My brother and I had this whole system of writing on each other's hands uh, in in uh, when we were kids to like get like just relieve the boredom of mm. of having to be quiet all the time in in sermons. And we would plot out like escapes and stuff yeah. with that. But I'm just like, yeah, I feel like that wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, um, yeah. But being stuck in a carriage with John Thorpe where you're basically not expecting it and you're like kind of on a double date, it's just a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. So crazy. Yeah. I really feel for Catherine because it just, 
reminds me of like, I don't know, my first instances of being like a teen and being thrown around with like boys that were like considered eligible and thinking like, you know, those guys, I felt like I had no, not attraction because I didn't even like have a sense of like, I didn't, I was so sheltered. I like didn't even know what it was, but I just assumed that like, I don't know, just like the whole experience felt so foreign. And I was like, I guess like, I'm not like being with these guys feels so weird and not at all like pleasurable and like, but I guess that's just like how it is. I didn't think like, I thought like, you know, I don't like hanging out or like, I don't like being here and I'm, I'm not so sure what it, what's happening right now, but like, I think this like feeling of uncomfortableness is like very normal and I'm never not going to feel this way around like boys, my age, even the person that I get matched to or yeah, it's just always going to be this, um, this feeling of remove and like, and then you realize like, Oh no, it's just like, this guy isn't right for you. You know? Well, we were, uh, conditioned yeah. to think like that because we were told that when you get married or when you get matched, it's not just for you. And it's not just about how much you might like a person that's selfish. It's about, yeah, it's not matched. about that at all. It's about being matched for God. And, um, you know, it's this greater meaning and that people struggle in their relationships and you have to work through that for the greater purpose. And so it was like really, uh, yeah, that, that was how it was. So yeah. Yeah. It was like struggling was noble in your relationship. And so, um, and yeah. And, and so I think I've talked about this before about, about feeling a lot of inner conflict. Cause I really liked the person I was matched to and that felt yeah. really satanic and yeah. evil. Yeah. And it was like a problem that we had to hide and yeah. for her. Yeah. So it, it definitely, it, yeah, it felt it, we were supposed to be okay being matched to like any guy. So when I was around like any guy and I was just like, okay, this yeah. feels weird and awkward and like I don't want him in my personal space at all. Yeah. Like But you couldn't felt, say that. You couldn't No, or yeah. barely acknowledge it. I just thought that that meant there was something wrong with me. Right. Or that like okay, yeah. this is a normal feeling and this is something I'm yeah. going to have to deal with and just like accept the the yeah. uh, how it is. Yeah, it's so weird. Uh and we've yeah. talked about this in previous episodes too about how it wasn't just that like you might feel awkward or that like you were supposed to be able to be matched to anyone they would say like if there's any one person who like you don't want to be matched to like that's the person you're gonna get like yeah (laughs) and that was such a mind fuck (laughs) yeah 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 that wasn't great um And I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but like this just reminds me of when I went off to college and there at one point there was a guy who at the time had a little bit of a crush on me, but I didn't realize it. Oh, yes. I remember this moment. Yes. (laughs) And I just was like very oblivious and like didn't. Every time he looked at me, he was looking at me so intently. I just like assumed I still had like charcoal or something on my face or just like I would just start trying to discreetly wipe my face. Yeah. So I'd be like, oh, he must be looking over because my face is dirty because I just came from my studio or whatever. (laughs) It's just like. Yeah, I just like completely waltzed around that. Yeah. Not knowing anything. And uh yeah, so I really, I really feel like Catherine speaks to me in a way that a lot of <laughs> for sure, for sure, heroines I don't a, necessarily do that. Um, when I was in college, I met this guy at the bus stop. We took the same bus back to um, like our um, dorms, and uh, 
he was like from Hawaii and he was a grad student and we were just like talking because we were the only two there. It was like two o'clock in the morning or something. And then like he asked for my number and I like gave it to him. And then he called me later and invited me to a 76ers game. And I was like, oh, I don't really like baseball. Like, I don't, yeah, no, thanks. And then it wasn't until like a later that I was like, oh, he was like asking me on a date. And I just totally like over my head. Yeah. I'm yeah. so sorry, sir. Although if I did realize it, I would have been very nervous and probably still said no. Oh, yeah. 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 It would have just like been more and more awkward. Yeah. I would have been even more horrified. Been like, ah! Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. For some reason, I, I just keep thinking of this time. Oh, God. You know, I and I. I don't want to be a broken record, but I know we've talked about the fact that like we were also kind of shoehorned into doing things like Christian church outreach projects, whether that meant like going to Christian churches, belonging to their Sunday schools or youth groups as a form of outreach to broaden the ties between the Unification Church and these Christian churches. Yeah. And yeah, I just remember like, Especially at those events, like I went to some kind of like Christian rock show that was like in a barn somewhere in New Jersey. Nice. And I went with my dad and like a couple other people. And it was just like this weird situation where it was like a bunch of Christian kids my age. Yeah. And I was the only like moony church girl yeah and like I just remember this one guy talking to me for a while and I was just like oh I think this is like one of those like I I like is he like interested in me like what's happening why is is he just love bombing me (laughs) yeah (laughs) like why is this boy talking to me and like my parents my dad was kind of looking on like Kind of like with some kind of weird approval because it was like a Christian you know, boy, yeah, yeah. But it was it was so awkward and I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking about that because I feel like when I was around Mooney boys, well, some of them were like gorgeous and they're all like you know very crush worthy. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times it was like really confusing because these guys were supposed to be my brothers, right? Yeah. And so like I wasn't supposed to have any feelings towards them, and a lot yeah. of them I didn't know since we were toddlers. And like you'd be introduced to some guy your age, and you, your parents or their parents would say like, "Oh, we have pictures of you taking a bath yes. together when you're little," and you're just like, <laughs> "No." Uh, yeah it feels it feels safer to have a crush on an outsider for sure yeah because that was not actually a possibility right it was it could just be a fantasy whereas having feelings for another moony kid was like dangerous because like that was that could be real like you could actually get matched to one of those guys yeah yeah yeah, but I, I just remember feeling like towards this boy at the at the Christian barn, like just being like, oh, I think this is a thing that teens do and this, <laughs> like doesn't feel like, yeah, like this, this feels weird. And like, I don't yeah. understand the appeal of this, <laughs> like, you know. But I, I just, yeah, again, assume that it was like a me issue or just how it was supposed to be and not just that, like, you know, you're not going to click with every guy. Yeah. Maybe this guy fine. isn't that agreeable, even though everybody's yeah. telling you they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like Catherine says. Yeah. Uh, um, I really love in these chapters um, – I love how like in how, I love John Thorpe as a character, even though like I don't like him as like a yes. person, but as a character, he's so funny. And the way that he's written, I think it's such a great example of Jane Austen using language to like show who somebody is and his personality, because 
the like his lines, the way he uses slang words, yeah. and like he's always saying "what the devil," which basically in those times was like saying "what the hell," and is like really uh, offensive um, or like crude. Um, and the and you know he says like the dust up, just how he's like all the slang words he used, and um, yeah, the way he, and he like starts. In. He barges in, he goes on some weird tangent, right? When he's like, oh, I thought you were going to dance with me, Catherine. Yeah. Which is like, we've already talked about how like wild an accusation that is. And uh, especially on Catherine's side, but on his side to just like be confident enough to go up and just uh, make accusations like that shows that he's like not super in touch with like polite society. Yeah, he doesn't read the room at all. (laughs) He doesn't read the room. And then when like Mr. Tilney and Catherine are really confused and he starts going on a tangent again about like horses and he's just like, Oh my God. Yeah. When he says, who's, who's that Mr. Tilney? And she tells him and he's like, does he want to buy a horse? (laughs) Yes. And she's just like, what? (laughs) He's so, it's so funny. I feel like Jane Austen like makes his character so like outlandishly um, obnoxious um, that it's so easy for us as the audience to see like this guy's ridiculous. But then the humor comes in with Catherine, like not really seeing it and just answering him straight. And, and that dynamic is just so funny. (laughs) It's so good. She's, uh, yeah, I love this so far. I'm just so thrilled to be able to read this, especially having not read it for so long that I don't even know what's going to happen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I just, and, yeah, Mr. Allen and Mrs. Allen are just so oblivious. Um, it's just making me think about, like, how much, you know, I would love to think of myself as an Elizabeth Bennett. Yeah, um, but how much I am like a Catherine Moreland sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's so or true. Like, it's so true. Or this, uh, like, I feel like she's like such a church girl, and then Anne Elliot is also like somehow such a church girl, where she's just like, yeah. Um, but she's it's like this. This this she, is like fifteen years later. Or yeah, something. she's the grown up version, a little bit more introverted. But yeah, yeah, there's just so much. God, the next few chapters are um, something happens. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it is Yay. literally like one of my worst nightmares. <sighs> and it happens to Catherine. And like out of everything in all of the books, like I think about this moment and it is like so wow. cringy, awful. I'm like, ah! like, I so relate to Catherine. I was like, that's me. I would do that. And it's terrible. <laughs> Now I'm like very nervous. (laughs) But it's so real. That's the thing. It's like you can so understand the the feeling of it. And you're just like, ah, you know, whereas like, you know, we're not all going to be it, you know, be at uh, Lady Catherine's house in like some rich, you know, we're not not all going to be in that situation. But like, yes, as Jane Austen says in this novel, like we have all ladies been in a situation where we are trying to avoid someone (laughs) at a party and trying to get the attention of somebody else. Like it's so relatable. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the way she feels about Mr. Tilney is also so exciting. I am. Yeah, it's so and, sweet. And, and, and the and fact that she, she's just so open about it and so like, yeah, I yeah. like this guy. Like just completely, it's sweet. Yeah. And hoping that she will see him at the pump room and then like, and like making plans for that. And I, I know outside people do it too, but maybe it's just because we, you and I just read a chapter of a friend of ours um work in progress a church kid another church person where she was talking about showing up to camp and looking for her crush's name on the voter on the registration list and her friend noticing and making fun of her about that and I was just thinking about like I don't know I feel like maybe 
now there's a little bit more agency, especially with social media. But I feel like, yeah, to be a 90s church kid, it was like, you really didn't have much. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, you were going to see if you had a crush on some uh, boy in the church, like it was really going to be like at church or an event, like a workshop that you were going to see him at. And so you would just like have to like do a bunch of math in your head to be like, oh, is he going to show up? And like, yeah. if he does, like, I don't know. But then know you have to happen. like, you have to be really coy about it. You have to like pretend oh, that yeah. you're not looking and like you can't be too yeah. interested or like too friendly because if one of the grownups notices, they're going to say something or like if – if he were to like reciprocate, then what do you do? Then you're like, yeah, ah, there's no panic, hope panic. of that. <laughs> you don't even necessarily want it to be reciprocated. Right. right. It's just like very exciting to plot out. Yeah. Yes. But it was all secretive. You'd have to keep it everything oh, very so close secret. to the chest or even like suppress those feelings because you'd be like, oh, it's wrong oh, yeah. that I'm feeling this way. And and yeah. Um, my friend and I realized that we had the cr a crush on the same church kid mm -hmm. and we made up our own names for him oh. so we could talk to each other about him without anyone knowing what yeah. was happening. Yeah. Um, I, we thought we were being so discreet and like <laughs> so conniving and I'm sure it was like fucking transparent as all get out but <laughs> uh, yeah it's so embarrassing oh so pretty is the worst it really is it's really the worst oh uh, that's why this like book is religious so purity yes purity <laughs> it's just uh, uh yes we have to we have to relive vicariously through Catherine here yeah <laughs> um, um was there anything else that you wanted to mention oh i just um i do have uh some fun notes from the um uh, the annotated version. Ooh, hit me. Um, so they talk about all of the slang words that John Thorpe uses that I already mentioned. Um, and uh, a lot of the expressions and things that he uses that are, are, are actually like very inappropriate or like offensive in a lot of situations. Yeah. Um, but then they also, which I was very excited about, have a diagram of the um, dance <gasps> that he, her and Mr. Tilney are doing. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, um, so this dance, it starts with the uh, two cotillion dances, which are like square dances. So like if you've ever done like an American square dance, it's like yeah. you have four people, you have two partners, you have sets of uh, multiples of two yeah. in like a circle or a square because you got four. And then you're, you know, uh, doing – a lot more dancing like with your actual partner but then you go sometimes dance with other people yeah. and everybody's in these small little pods um and that's a cotillion and that was that was like a french thing and so if you're going to a cotillion the cotillion dance always starts with two cotillion dances but then when they go back into like the country line dances it's like this it's like I don't know if if you've ever done the Virginia Reel. I grew up square dancing. I'm so sorry <laughs> for everybody listening. <laughs> if you've ever done the Virginia Reel, it's like that. There's two rows, and one on one side is the men, on the other side is the women, and so you're facing your partner across this line, and then like the couples go down the line. Yes. While like in between um, the the two lines of people and then uh, like everybody gets a chance to go down and like the line moves that way and then you like come yeah. back around. So um, there's a lot of time in between when you're actually not dancing, where you're just like watching the other couples go down the line. And so that's why her and Henry are able to have like some banter and conversation as they're actually dancing because they're just like yeah. – 
standing there clapping or like well, waiting you know, for square turn. dancing you're clapping but what are you doing when you're not square dancing but it's like those rows like they weren't clapping no they weren't clapping they were just like standing there and talking doing? politely or they're I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah, because in the Virginia Reel, you're clapping. You're like, woo! Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure that that they're like country dance. They weren't actually like, yeah. It's not a barn yeah. dance. It's not the I American. know, that's too uncouth. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, they're, they're having a conversation during that part. They're, uh, yeah. they're able to talk um, until it's their turn. Or like if you've watched um, the 2005 version of Pride and Prejudice, um, they have them standing in a line like it's a country line. Yeah. They no, sometimes I feel circle like... around each other and do that sort of thing. Yeah. And then, yeah. So like you're able to talk to each other more easily than in a cotillion when you're like in a circle. Yeah, I feel like the usually most of the adaptation shows some kind of line dance or some kind of also other dance where you're able to see people kind of chit-chatting. Right. Yeah. Um, This week's episode is brought to you by Sam Fletcher's Horses, the finest in field and hunting horses. Make sure to tell him that John Thorpe sent you for an extra 10% off. Uh, yeah, I feel like I don't know if I have a good line from these chapters. I Mm. just feel like, uh, Mr. Uh, John Thorpe is just kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah. Just like his whole, like, um, yeah. Like when he says, oh, what chap have you there to Catherine? And then she's like. Oh, this is Mr. Tilney. So, like, I'm gonna dance with him over you. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I don't know him. A good figure of a man, well put together. Does he want a horse? Does he want a horse? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love you. Maybe I actually do love John Thorpe. He's like, he's obnoxious, but he's funny. Like, he is really good comic relief. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like it also doesn't feel like so far that he's like extremely mean spirited. It's just right. he's, he's like just oblivious. Idiot. Yeah, he's yeah. he's an idiot and he's like rude. And I feel like he's the type of guy that I could easily like. I know how to handle this guy. Like brush him off. I know, you know I what I mean. Just thinking about how I know a couple guys who are like towing that line. And what I love to do is when I'm bored at like some kind of dinner or party where they're there is that like, I'll just set them off by like, yeah. Making fun of a Marvel movie or something. (laughs) And then just like watch them grow like apoplectic with rage while I just like keep insisting that, you know, it was garbage or, you know, picking it apart. And then they'll, uh, they just get more and more angry. Whereas, yeah, yeah, I could totally just have fun and entertain myself yes. by, like, yeah, knowing how to push their buttons and being like, all right, I know what you're about. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite thing. I, uh, I mean, I try and do it with my husband. So sometimes I'll just like misquote Star Wars to him. <laughs> nice. uh, or like do some kind of explanation. I'll be like, you know, there'll be, I don't know. I'll be like, yeah, well, you know, like I just learned that Han Solo was Leia's brother. And then, (laughs) and then just, uh, just give some wild take. (laughs) Yeah. Wild take. Um, and he, he knows that I'm joking. And so he doesn't like, he doesn't get like all, you know, he just will like, sarcastically laugh or say something but um, yeah yeah it's just funny to try and make him squirm or be like actually you know you know something will be like he'll mention the number 23 because he's a huge Michael Jordan fan I'll be like actually Michael Jordan's number was 27 or you know just make up (laughs) shit it's really fun I recommend that for couples just try and bother your partner as much as possible Mm, yeah (laughs) (laughs) key to long-term happiness um i feel like i'm the one that that happens to like 
Koichi will like, yeah, he'll like uh, misquote Harry Potter or like Shakespeare or something to me, and he'll uh, on yeah, purpose kind of, on purpose or or yeah. like just be just like make stuff up just to because he one time. The kids were there, and so this is like our ongoing joke now. He said, "What's that? What? Who is that? The 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 person who must not be mentioned <laughs> for Voldemort. <laughs> he who must not be named. Yeah, it was so funny, so silly. Um, I because you probably understand, and they understand that. Like if." If I know enough about this to misquote something or say something wrong, you actually it do means know. that I know yeah. enough about this and I am like taking his yeah. interest to heart, you know. Yeah. So so he shouldn't be upset. Right. <laughs> yes, I'm the one who gets teased all the time in our relationship. There's gotta be one. <laughs> um yeah. My favorite lines in this one, I um, highlighted um, where that moment where Catherine like realizes that Jim Thorpe is like not that great. Um, yeah. The way she describes it, little as Catherine was in the habit of judging for herself and unfixed as were her general notions of what men ought to be, she could not entirely repress a doubt while she bore with the effusions of his endless conceit of his being altogether completely agreeable. (laughs) Such a roundabout way to be like, I don't think he's that great. Yeah, it's so, and it's so, uh, it's like the smallest, tiniest hint of doubt of like, I'm not sure about this guy. (laughs) And then I also really liked this line, um, just because of the, the descriptions that Jane Austen uses, I think are phenomenal um and it's when she's talking about isabella and um isabella is like uh it's too late for isabella to be invited up to Catherine's place and she's like oh no i really wanted to go you know being really over the top and then she says um with smiles of most exquisite misery and the laughing eye of utter despondency she bade her friend adieu and went on and i'm like oh that's just, so Isabel. It's so her. And you can just see it. You're like, oh, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what are you what are you reading or listening to or watching? Or was there anything um, else you wanted to talk about first? Oh, no, um, that was everything. OK, so if anyone has the Criterion Collection mm-hmm. like subscription, um, they have amazing, well, because we're recording right now in October, not October. to give anything away. Um, <laughs> they have amazing horror, uh, horror, uh, what is it? It's almost like, it's like a playlist, but of movies. So they'll like yeah. curate a selection of movies. Yeah. Um, and so Andrew and I are making our way through the hopping vampires of Hong Kong. Oh, um, and so far we watched one of the movies. Um, I think it was called Encounters of a Spooky Kind, um, and that was excellent. And now we're now we're on Mister. I think it's Mister Vampire One, mm. um, and uh, let me make sure I'm getting his name right. Uh. So Encounters of a Spooky Kind was it stars and is directed and written and also I think he also does the like martial arts choreography. Uh Sam Hung, who's in like a lot of different Hong Kong. Okay. So this um Encounters of a Spooky Kind Kind, the first movie we watched is Written, directed, starring, and he also does the martial arts um, choreography. It's Sam Hung, who's in a few Hong Kong movies that I've watched before. I feel like 
He was in, I think, some of the Michelle Yeoh early Hong Kong movies. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's just um, ridiculous. It also has, like, one of the best endings I've ever seen mm. by a movie. Um, it's just really funny because, like, so far these movies are, like, not scary at all. They're just so <laughs> campy. Oh, it's, nice. like, you know, like, really bad makeup on people. And yeah. it's just, like, it's, uh, it, I would just definitely recommend it if you're, like, if you don't really want to be scared, but you really want to have a fun Halloween time. Yes. Um, which I feel like is probably all the time, no matter what time <laughs> of year it is. For sure. Um, uh, and then uh, I'm reading a couple books right now. I'm, I'm back into like a mystery, uh, kind of a mystery vibe. And so I'm reading... This author I had just heard found out about recently, his name is Ross McDonald. Mm-hmm. He uh they're saying he's the heir to Dashiell Hammett and Chandler, Raymond Chandler. Um, but he wrote like mystery novels set in Los Angeles in like the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um so like a little bit after Hammett and Chandler, but still like kind of set in the same locations. And his protagonist's name is Lou Archer. And so I got a book from the library that's um that's like four of his early novels in one, which is really nice way to read some of these mysteries mm-hmm. where you just like don't even have to worry about getting the next one in the series, but you right. can just binge read right ahead <laughs> yeah i think it's like in a um it's a library of the library of america put out the volume i'm reading now so nice yeah it, it's kind of fun to just read um especially because i've been living in la for a while i really like reading novels that were set here like 50 years ago and like learning about I don't know, just about a little bit about what it was like. And I get very jealous when people talk about like driving across town and, oh my gosh, it took more than 20 minutes. And it's like, okay, that same drive would take at least 90 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) But back then, it's like, what a time. Yeah. (laughs) Like, those are my fantasies. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I've been enjoying those so far. Nice. Uh, what about you? What are you reading? Um, so yes, October spooky season. Um, I also have I have one like actually scary recommendation, and then <gasps> one like silly fun spooky. Um, so the silly fun spooky is I'm probably gonna rewatch um, Losa Spookies. Um, oh, okay. So funny. Um, it's all in Spanish, uh, which is fun for me since I took Spanish in high school. I can like sort of understand everywhere, but it has subtitles. <laughs> um, uh, but it's really fun and I like it. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, good time. It's just silly. Um, and then, uh, the, I, I decided that I was going to like read more, like I, I read some, I think I mentioned in a few other episodes that I read some like mystery thriller type, um, books and I really liked those. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to dip my tone a little bit further. I'm going to do some like true horror stuff. Oh no. Okay. Like Halloween. And, uh, but I, but I was like, Ooh, I'm not ready to go for like the book with like the super scary covers that are like red ledger. You know, I was like, I don't know if I want to go that scary. So (laughs) I looked on a list of recommendations and I found this one book called how to sell a haunted house by, um, Grady Hendrix. And some of his other titles were like uh, the 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 surviving girl support group or something like they were like kind of fun, like cheeky titles. So I was like, oh, this will be fun. It's kind of like horror, but it'll also be like, you know, uh, maybe a little bit lighter than like uh, a regular horror. Um, I was wrong because... (laughs) 
I started reading this book and it was all about like haunted puppets. And oh, that is like terrifying. So terrifying. Like Puppets my, just not even haunted are terrifying. Yes. And, you know, I remember as a kid, like, watching Goosebumps or, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark and, like, not being scared by most of them. But, like, the the episodes where they had, like, the oh, yeah. dummies or, like, the dolls that come to life. No. Horrifying. No, no. And so I was like, I was like, oh, no. Uh, yeah, it's crazy scary. And there's, like true body horror and um <sighs> like it's all all a metaphor to for like um dealing with uh childhood and generational trauma and all of this stuff and it was it was good i liked it and if you like yeah. horror like um you would probably like it too but i was like oh wh- what have i gotten myself into <laughs> yeah yeah, I that's did finish it. Terrifying. And it had a satisfying, it had a satisfying ending, but it was truly uh terrifying. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I had to put it down a few times. When I was in first or second grade, some of the older kids in our elementary school, like at recess, sat us younger girls down and they told us uh scary stories about dolls coming alive yeah. and like I think for months I couldn't sleep with my stuffed animals, which were like my, which were like how I went to sleep. Yeah. I was a very sensitive child and it it like completely fucked me up for like a really long time. Yeah. 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 This whole book is like the stuff, there's stuffed animals too that are basically like. Oh, no, no. Yeah. It's (laughs) not Okay. Um, I forgot that uh, something important happened to me this week, which is that Ooh. I finally tried a pumpkin spice latte for the first time. Are you uh, telling me that you've never had a pumpkin spice latte no. before now? N- correct. Well, I just thought the taste didn't sound very appealing to me because I was like, I don't want pumpkin in my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, it just doesn't sound very like yummy. It's pumpkin spice, not, well, not actual okay. pumpkin. That's what I found out. But then some cafes started actually putting pumpkin in the pumpkin spice latte. Oh. And I was like, that just doesn't sound good to me. <laughs> I, I love pumpkin. I love coffee. I don't think that the idea of them together is like the most appetizing. I love a mocha. Mm-hmm. I love a peppermint mocha. Mm, but I like, love peppermint mocha. oh my God, I would always be excited for that time of year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pumpkin spice, I just thought like, oh, that doesn't sound great. But then I was at a cafe a few days ago and I thought what the heck I'll just try it and oh my god it's so good good. I know I'm the last person in America to figure this out but it just makes me like even more angry at the people who complain about like basic bitches because I'm like I'm like okay if pumpkin spice is basic bitch but like it's actually delicious then like what I don't know yeah I, just just get people who get mad at other people having a good time just yes <laughs> yeah and just like okay like this is delicious now i just had my second ever pumpkin spice latte like right before we started recording oh boy. Um, you're gonna get yeah, into it and then it's gonna go real- out of season and then you're gonna be like no <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, I've been like really into like Halloween this year, like uh, like on top of it, and like nice. planning shit out. So I'm, a, I'm. This is part of that. Um, yeah, I don't know what I'll do when I, I can't have it anymore. I, I I think I'll be like googling how to make it at home. So nice. yeah, it will just probably be one of those things like. I don't know at Trader Joe's when they sell the spice cider, and now yeah. I've learned. Now I've learned to get like four of them at a yes, time because you, do. you just get one. They're like sometimes they you can't out. get them at all. You can't for the no. rest of the season. Yeah, it's true. You gotta you gotta buy them as soon as they come out. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I am unashamedly very pro pumpkin spice latte. And I, I've always loved pumpkin, like way back in the day, even the 90s. I remember our local Carvel ice cream store around Halloween would have pumpkin ice cream. And I remember mm-hmm. loving that flavor. And so it's like, I've always loved pumpkin pie and pumpkin ice cream and like pumpkin cookies, but like I pumpkin bread. Oh my yeah. God. I make a really good pumpkin bun cake. I just never thought like pumpkin spice latte sounded really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, it does. It's amazing. Pumpkin <laughs> everything, you guys. <laughs> pumpkin. Yay. What a what a milestone. It's a huge milestone. I feel like now I'm finally ready to turn 40 where I'm like, okay, got that one done. <laughs> yeah. Check it off. <laughs> check it off the list. Um, okay, well then, uh, see you next time. Um, yeah. So we're reading chapters in eleven and twelve next. Yes, we are. Is a really is a really upsetting or cringy thing happening in the next chapter? I think we're gonna wait a little bit. Oh so, no, I think it is chapter eleven. Okay. At, now that I'm now that I have said that, now I'm wondering if I played it up too much and you're gonna be like, that wasn't that bad. We'll see. I'm interested. <laughs> I do wanna know a little bit more if this general Tilney shows up a little bit more, like mm. Mr. Tilney's father, because he sounds quite foxy. <laughs> silver fox. Oh my god. I I mean, he's probably not even silver. He's probably, he's probably just like 30 in this. I know. Right? He's probably too young for us. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is produced and edited by me, Laura Lakai. I also do the music. Akina Cox does the artwork. And uh, we would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us at janeaustinculturenight at gmail.com. Also, I have a TikTok at janecultpod where I do silly stuff. And uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, We'll see you next time. Um, I caught a glimpse of the Little Mermaid recently, and oh, the I was new like, live action one. No, no, no. Well, oh. I did watch a tiny bit of that, but the '90s oh. version. I was yeah, yeah. like uh, on vacation with friends and their little kid, and she was watching both of them, and I was yeah. like, "Oh my gosh, King Triton is so hot! I can't believe when I was a kid, I thought <laughs> Eric was the hot one. Like he is nothing." King Triton. Truly, so King Triton is a daddy. Oh my god. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm so old. Like, me over Eric. Yeah, um, Eric doesn't even take, he doesn't even know how to make a move. He's so. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, he just needs saving all the time. Boring. King Triton knows what to do. He's. Yeah. Yeah.